This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3383 for Wednesday, the 21st of July 2021. Today's show is entitled My Geeky Experiment, Part 1. It is hosted by Claudio Miranda and is about 17 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Claudium talks about how he revived his lowly SSE PC 901 netbook with opened. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hey everyone, this is Claudio Miranda, aka Claudio M, on the internets. I'm recording this episode of Hacker Public Radio because it's been a while since I've done so. So, Ken, here's my submission. Anyway, I uh, wanted to record an episode on some of my experience that I've had with my old Asus EPC901. Now, if you aren't very familiar with the Asus EPC line of uh, computers. These are a uh, series of netbooks that came around that started around 2007 and kind of continued along for a few years, few years after that. Uh, most of them actually had an Intel Atom processor, very low power and in some instances, most instances, a low performance processor. But it did the job for what it was meant to be. It was supposed to be just a device for basic internet use, uh, but a lot of people started uh, uh, wiping the internal operating systems and putting their own Linux distributions uh, or preferred Linux distributions on them at the time. And after a while, the distros started including support for the uh, all the various components inside of them. I wasn't so much into the BSDs at the time, but uh, I would imagine a little after that, they probably went ahead and added support for it. So I've had this device for a long time. I've had it for about 10 years, more so maybe at this point. Uh, And uh, it's been in and out of use as the years have progressed, especially since I've switched. That used to be my main, uh, my daily driver for a long time and then I switched from that to a uh, Toshiba Portage M400 which I ran Linux on for a while uh, before I upgraded to the HP ProBook 4540S with a Core i3 processor and I stopped using my Asus I had actually Lubuntu uh, was it 14.10 as a matter of fact I actually have a uh, a series of blog posts, which I'm going to turn into a series of uh, episodes for Hacker Public Radio. And it's called My Geeky Experiment, except geeky is spelled with three E's, as you would see on the EPC name. So I'll uh, post a link to uh, part one of that, which is what I'll be talking about 
uh, I'll put that in the show notes. So, yeah, so I had this EPC for a long time, the 901, and uh, I went ahead and I pulled it out of storage. I said, well, I still have this thing. Let me give it a try. It had, yeah, now I'm looking at the post right now. Uh, it had Lubuntu 14 out of 10, which was the last OS I ran on it. But I had stopped using it because it was giving me some problems. As a matter of fact, the I think it would just kernel panic or or something something wouldn't load right. I wasn't getting the uh, the login uh, screen, so I just kind of set that aside with the intention of getting back to it and trying to troubleshoot what was wrong with it. And then I completely forgot about it. And then just life got in the way and whatever. But anyway, I uh, decided to pull it out and see if uh, I could probably get it back to life, get it working again. So I went ahead and I plugged it in and lo and behold, this was sometime, let me see, when was this? This was about last year, sometime around last year. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at blog posts. It's uh, January 4th, 2020 when I did this. Uh, I decided to give it another go. So yeah, I went ahead and I pulled this device out from from storage and I went and plugged it in and yeah, it started crashing and it just kind of kernel panicked and nothing was working. So I said, let me try something. I went in, opened it up, kind of reseeded everything, reseeded the RAM, reseeded the uh, the secondary um, uh, internal SSD that it has because the one I have actually has two SSDs or what I thought, well, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, it has a four gigabyte internal uh, and a 16 gigabyte removable SSD. Now, just a bit of a spoiler here. Uh, I came to find out later on that the four gigabyte internal wasn't soldered. They just, Asus kind of just referred to it as just internal. So I never, I never, I just assumed that it was not replaceable. But apparently you can replace that. And I'll get into the details on a later episode on this. So yeah, it had the, uh, I went ahead and receded the 16 gig uh, removable SSD, or at least the easily removable SSD from the bottom of the device. And uh, I said, well, let me reseed all this. And then after I went ahead and did that, I said, let me turn it back on and see if I can get OpenBSD. I was already big into the BSDs. I, just, I had played around with uh, FreeBSD for a while, then I played around with OpenBSD, and I fell in love with OpenBSD, as everybody pretty much knows at this point. Uh, but if you don't, now you do. And so, yeah, I went ahead and I installed, uh, I, I prepared a uh, OpenBSD uh, installation USB disk because there's no way to do it from an optical drive on that device. So I, I went ahead and I turned it on, and right after I turned it on, I realized just reseeding everything got the operating system working again, the Lubuntu that was on there. So I was at least happy that was working. And I went ahead and just kind of logged in to take a look, kind of a nostalgic view of it. Uh, and it was working fine, you know, obviously by 2020s standards. Of course, it's right now, the date is July 11th, 2021. So it's been about a, a year and a half since since uh, this uh, experiment was done. And uh, yeah, given what we've all been through for the past uh, year and a half, uh, 
I don't think anybody saw this coming by the time I posted this. But anyway, going back to what I was saying. So I decided to, after I, I, I played around with uh, Lubuntu for a while, I decided to reboot it and install OpenBSD, which at the time was 6.6. .6. So I went ahead and decided to install it and everything surprisingly, surprisingly went through just fine. Uh, the installation process on OpenBSD is very simple. It's very Spartan. Uh, the only thing you might get hung up on is the partitioning. Uh, I think FDisk is the tool used uh, to perform the partitioning, but I could be wrong. Uh, if anybody knows or wants to correct me, you can go ahead and post in the comment section. Uh, but yeah, that was about it. Once you kind of grasp how that works, it's pretty much a straightforward install. It's very simple, very quick. Uh, it'll install the base sets depending on which uh, which installation image you download. I get the I usually get the one that says install uh, uh, and the version number of OpenBSD, which brings all the sets included, but you can do either one. There's, I think there's a net install of some sort, uh, but if you go to openbsd.org website, you can uh, pretty much find out from there when you go to the downloads page. Anyway, so I went through the install and I booted it up. I had a feeling that maybe something wouldn't work on it, but to my surprise, everything pretty much worked. The Wi-Fi was working. Uh, the disks were detected just without any issues. I didn't have any uh, problems with the corruption or whatever. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it loaded up. I went ahead and uh, logged in because I installed it with the uh, Xeno DM, uh, Xeno Kara uh, uh, graphics X server. And of course, Xeno DM is the login manager that's, that comes by default. And once you log in, you're presented with FVWM as the default window manager. And yeah, I mean, it looks pretty nice. It ran pretty nice. And I was happy to get this machine working again. So once I did that, I actually copied the, uh, the configuration files over from my Toshiba at the time, which I've since retired. Uh, that one was running OpenBSD for a good while. And I've switched that one now. Uh, I switched, moved the hard drive over to an old, uh, probably a newer, I would say, because uh, the, the M400 Toshiba had a Core 2 Duo processor, and this uh, machine that it's the hard drive is running on now is a Latitude E6410 from Dell, which has a, I think it's a first generation Core i5. It's here right now. Give me a sec. Um, I'll look at it later. Uh, I believe it is. It's a it's an M520. So I, it's. I don't know if it's an i5 or an i3, regardless. Um, that is now on there, and I copied the configuration files from that from the Toshiba at the time over to the uh, to the netbook to the EPC. And there's a procedure for for doing that. Uh, it has to you have to use package add. I don't remember the commands off the top of my head, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can if you go into the OpenBSD handbook and there's a section on, on installing packages and if you need to uh, install the same set of packages over to another OpenBSD machine, there's a procedure there. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, so yeah, I went ahead and copied that over, uh, did the uh, package add magic, and I was up and running with Fluxbox as my default desktop. There's no way I was going to run anything else. Um, 
because this is a machine that the EPC is a machine that only maxes at two gigs of RAM plus the SSD that it has the 16 gig along with the internal one the four gig internal one is super super slow but it did the job and it was running nicely and I had uh, Fluxbox running with my themes and all my other settings my other config files and all was well now as far as performance um, I have to say I was pleasantly surprised I think it performed better with OpenBSD and Fluxbox than it did with even Lubuntu but of course I was running Mate desktop on that at the time so it's it, Mate tends to have a little more uh, of a uh, demand on the system so I decided to go with something smaller but it ran pretty well um, I'll go ahead and include a video also that I did of the uh, of the EPC in action uh, I had MPV running uh, playing a uh, an internet radio stream that I listened to and I don't remember what else I'll have to catch the video but yeah it actually performed quite well now and everything worked right out of the box the only thing that didn't work of course is Bluetooth and the only reason that wasn't working is because OpenBSD does not support Bluetooth now there is a supposed workaround to that uh, if you use a USB audio dongle uh, that or uh, I'm sorry a Bluetooth USB dongle that apparently is a workaround to get Bluetooth working on uh, on an OpenBSD machine so just something to keep in mind but yeah I was very happy with it and really all I'm using it for now is uh, I, I use Firefox on it uh, at this point it's running uh, at the time when I installed it, it was uh, OpenBSD 6.6, .6, which I then switched over to to follow the uh, current snapshots. Uh, but right now it's running uh, 6.9 current. And from what I've been told, Firefox, I still have it installed, but it hasn't upgraded at all because it's been removed from the i386 uh, OpenBSD tree. Uh, something from what I was told it has something to do with rust not compiling or the rust the, the new Firefox version not compiling because of some issues with rust on 32-bit so going forward it looks like with OpenBSD 7 and with the current snapshots uh, it's just 64-bit for Firefox so or any Mozilla based any type of uh, Mozilla based browser and which means you're stuck with uh, browsers like Midori or Lynx, uh, you know, some, some of the, any of the WebKit browsers are, are the options you'll have there. But uh, for what I use it for, which is SSH to SDF and just SSHing to other machines here so I can get on IRC, it's a great little machine. I don't really need it to do much. I just needed to do the basics, um, and that's good for me. So if you have an old uh, netbook lying around and wondering what you want to do with it, go ahead and just see about dropping an operating system on there. Uh, you can try one of the current Linux distros, although they might be a little heavy, but I'd highly recommend a BSD. Um, they're really a lot, I, I don't want to say a lot easier, but if you're familiar with Linux, I think you should, you, you'll do all right with a BSD. They're, they're, there are a lot of there's a lot of differences uh, with regards to the lower level stuff, but once you 
once you get used to it and how things work, the user land is pretty much all the same for the most part. So yeah, I'll, uh, this is going to be my uh, first episode back in a while. Uh, and uh, hopefully sometime soon I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and load because I had actually um, a friend of mine send me a, an EPC 900A. Uh, he asked me if I was interested. I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, I'll take it and I'll put something else on that. So I got that and um, I went ahead and I installed Haiku on it. So that one I'll leave for for uh, another episode. That will be part two, as a matter of fact. That's part two of my uh, geeky experiment. But yeah, for part one, I managed to get this thing uh, back in use. So I take it with me every day to work. Uh, I use it just to SSH to certain things. Uh, as far as Firefox, uh, or at least the, fire, the last Firefox that it runs, I can run it, but I would say, you know, if you're gonna do so, stick to maybe one or two tabs. Uh, and even with that, loading is going to be pretty slow on today's web. But for anything static or even for accessing Gemini uh, capsules, it's a perfect machine. So if you don't need the overhead of you know today's web, uh, and you want to stick with uh, you know with uh, uh, less intensive uh, technologies like IRC, SSH, or even text browsing. Uh, it's definitely a, a great machine, and you can bring some bring breathe some new life into that old netbook if you still have it. Anyway, that's going to be it for me. Uh, hope you enjoy it. If you have any comments, be sure to leave it in the comments section of this episode once it's posted. Uh, as far as uh, as far as I'm concerned, if you want to get in touch with me, also uh, you can contact me on Mastodon. My Mastodon. Uh, at my Mastodon handle is at Claudio M at Mastodon.sdf.org. I've since moved from the Mastodon.xyz. Uh, so feel free to hit me up there. Also, you can catch me on my email. And my email is Claudio at LinuxBasement.com. Anyway, thanks again. And uh, be sure to record some uh, episodes for Hacker Public Radio. Catch you again soon for the next episode in this series. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.